Um, it's almost like you should just start choking on your name halfway through. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, and I've always had this too, where uh, you know my last name is is phonetic because it's Italian and all of the letters are just pronounced. <laughs> but for some reason, no one can get. Ragolia, or even Ragolia, which is the more appropriate Italian pronunciation. And often people are like perplexed, like, how do you do that? And it's like, it's really just the letters in the word. I don't know why I I, have always struggled with your last name because I just, my brain adds more letters to it than are actually there. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So it's like, uh, Nate Ragnarok. <laughs> I 100% prefer Ragnarok to Ravioli, which is what I got all through middle and high school. Uh, yeah, hey, Ravioli. Mm. That's like, well, I mean, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with Ravioli. Like, Ravioli <laughs> is, is a concise pillowing of deliciousness. Uh, still, it's not. See, my, my mom's maiden name is. Wow, my ear just popped. My mom's maiden name is uh, also Italian. But, oh, she got the short end of the stick with, with Ellis Island because it was Braganza, which is, ooh, Braganza. Yeah. Braganza. <laughs> yeah. It got changed to Bragassa, which is, uh, oh. as you yeah. can imagine, in middle and high school, not a great. Oh, yeah. Being, being a young woman going through puberty, so mm-hmm. you got the bras, and you've got mm-hmm. also the passing of gas. It, it, the it, gas. There's a lot going on. The ass is in there as well. Oh, there's so it's, many ooh, things. It's terrible. a Rubik's Cube of just terrible, terrible. Not a Rubik's Cube. That's not a great analogy, but you get one. I like it because I just watched Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, and Spider-Man Noir is obsessed with that Rubik's Cube. Really? Oh, yeah. Is it because it's colorful? Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. Have you seen it? No. I oh, you'd have to see it. <laughs> it's so really good. It's really, really amazing. I, I'm living in a house of uh, really anti-scub, no Spider-Man people. Jenny is so not into Spider-Man, I don't, too. I don't get it. I tr- I, I, I have it. tried, like, so... I watched it once, and I was like, it's totally different. Like, it's not like one of the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. I think you would really enjoy this. And she's I, like, no, Spider-Man. I chalk it up to anti-Semitism, frankly. It's like, you don't care about <laughs> the Jewish-American experience, and, you know, he's not explicitly Jewish, but he is, and this is this is what, what, what it comes to. Peter Spider-Man grows up in Brooklyn. <laughs> Spider-Man, yeah. <laughs> Good old Pete Spider-Man. <laughs> Hello and welcome to A Vague Idea. This is a pseudo-game show podcast, hosted by me, Nate Bergolia. Each week I subject my guests to a list of topics to find out if they have a vague idea about them, or if they just want to pass, which sometimes happens, and we've amended that because last week we realized that it doesn't happen quite as much as it was happening, and now it's kind of a fair trade, so... Uh, yeah. Welcome to the show. <laughs> nice and concise. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I know. I really, uh... I'm, I'm keeping it tight. The problem is, is I've said this so many times now that it's starting. To, the words are starting to lose meaning a little bit. And then if I, I have to infuse something new, but then the newness is rambling, which is what's happening right but now. You're, you're essentially saying there are rules, but there aren't rules. Yeah. <laughs> There's a framework, but it's also a Brechtian framework. <laughs> Call back to a previous episode of the show and also, you know, theater. Uh, with me as always <laughs> is usual guest Shannon Page. Shannon, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm great. I am very happy that you're here because it was looking like there was a possibility that it would just be me doing a non-sexually harassment Charlie Rose interview with Ryan <laughs> <laughs> and being like, well, Ryan, do you have a vague idea about this? No, not really. No. Okay, cool. Okay. Let's move on. <laughs> we can still make that happen. <laughs> hey, any... but no, I'm, I'm very happy you're here because, uh, Gotta yeah. work on your Charlie Rose there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jowlier, you gotta get. get oh, 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 yeah. 
So uh, why uh, do you think that uh, trade reform is hard uh, to pass in Pointlessly intense is how I would characterize a Charlie Rose interview. Just doesn't matter who he's talking to. It's always just really focused. I think if you put a desk (laughs) in what is literally like the void from Under the Skin, from the Scarlett Johansson movie Under the Skin, and you're like, come sit down at my desk, and we will talk beyond time. (laughs) (laughs) There's something problematic here. That's true. That's a good point. Uh, Joining us this week, you've already heard him talk. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have our guest. Uh, He's a semi-local delight. (laughs) This is Ryan Noel. I, did I, I do that? I got it? You did. You know, I was like, I didn't I didn't want to write a long thing and, and feel like conceited and make you run through. But then I realized that making someone call you a delight is uh, maybe worse. Maybe worse. Than <laughs> well, if, if I didn't categorically agree with okay. the fact that you're you, a delight, you I would have I probably pushed back. I would have like, hey, you, you know what? Let's... Can we do local let's, semi-delight? Let's is that <laughs> Semi-local quarter delight. How do, how do we feel about this? Uh, so Ryan is a stand-up comedian, also, and he, he you perform in Fort Collins. You uh, perform down here at the mm-hmm. Comedy Works from time to time uh, and once other venues. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I, we need to do a better job, my wife and I, of, of uh, getting to your shows when you're here. Y- yes and no. I, well, but there's always more. Well, so that's true, but you know. you know, it's always a pleasure to see you because because oh, and he it's is he's very fun. Would you call it a delight? Oh, I would I would call it a uh, a delight for sure. Uh, <laughs> Semi delight at times. Uh, there've been a few semi delights. Thirty-five percent delight to non-delight ratio. Uh, but yeah, uh, you know, I, I I really thought about saying like, well, hey, bring like uh, two minutes of jokes to do on the show. But I also felt like I don't want to parade you around like some sort of circus freak either. That's I, I uh, at one of my old jobs, my boss came to me and and, and said, I, I heard that you're a stand-up comedian. Would you? Would you like to do like five minutes at our next meeting? Absolutely not. <laughs> like, that's that's a nightmare. <laughs> that's a goddamn nightmare. So, so I'm an open for everybody getting fired, <laughs> <laughs> especially me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Actually, I would prefer. I think it would be more memorable if they fired all of them and then I went on. So that way, <laughs> you're like you're the buffer because they're like, hey, we can't wait until Friday to fire these people. Mm-hmm. So instead of using the traditional weekend buffer, we're gonna fire you on a Tuesday, but you're gonna get five minutes of, of quality stand comedy between this and really packing your livelihood into a box and hoping for the best. Right between the sobs, <laughs> like gasps for air. Which I mean, that's a very like I don't know. It's a very French kind of comedy, I would think. Yeah, see, <laughs> yeah. it wouldn't be funny at the time at all. But oh, later no. on, oh, that would be a yeah. great story. That would be I, wonderful. You okay? So you remind me uh, the the this common saying, which is uh, comedy equals tragedy plus time, sure. right? Sure. And I've started to think too about the way that a lot of comedy has aged very poorly, especially around the Me Too movement. Yeah. And how. Tragedy also seems to equal comedy plus time, which is a way that sort of breaks the way math tends to work. Yeah. But I think that's true. I think you're right. Comedy plus time. Yeah. Uh, It's not good. I I mean, there's old, like, older comedy, like, uh, Mel Brooks comedy, for the most part. Is aged pretty well. Will will hold up, but a lot of the stuff that we grew up with, 80s and 90s comedy, plus time, plus plus 10 years, oh shit. Oh. Don't, don't. Go back to those old Eddie Murphy specials because yes. there's a uh, <laughs> oh, it's I, the '80s in general though. Like, I think I think it was like the big comedy boom 
Um, we're in the middle of another one, and I think our, this one's a little bit better. But yeah. you had so many people doing it, and there was so much money involved, and it was so easy to like cash in that uh, there was no quality control. You know, just it, I, I, I've talked about it before. There's just it was like an ocean of Dave Coulier's. You know, just really <laughs> low rent garbage <laughs> comedy that maybe out of a whole decade, maybe there's like four specials. Like, four hours of material that's, like, that's still pretty funny. <laughs> Everything else is just, like, oof. I feel like you're specifically taking shots at Jeff Dunham right now. <laughs> <laughs> the man who took the woodchuck and turned it into a series of racist puppets instead. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a talent in a way. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's I mean, Picasso saw how to make, like, things look all weird at once. Exactly. And Jeff Dunham he has saw... taken complex issues and boiled them down <laughs> to... He saw oh, an innocent, innocent forest critter and was like, you know what? <laughs> People need to th- hear my thoughts about the Arabs. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What would be better than a, a suicide bomber course <laughs> to deliver a bunch of thoughtful... <sighs> oh, my God. Well, hey, thanks for being on the show. I, it's my pleasure. Thank this you. week, uh, we're going to be doing a program about conspiracy. Ooh. That's the theme. So uh, we're just going to go ahead, audience, I know you guys love the rock, paper, scissors thing, but we're going to stop. It's not, it's not really, uh, it's just a bunch of clapping noises for you, I think. And, and while, hey, you deserve applause, so let's, let's stop and give the audience an applause break real quick. Or are we playing rock, paper, scissors right now? I don't, again, they don't know. We could be playing a really fast red rock, paper, scissors. This is like... Olympic level table tennis kind of rock paper scissors, <laughs> but yeah. So we're not going to do that anymore. And instead, the the special guest or one of them at at my choosing, because I'm the host and you know I need to have some power. Uh, we'll get to go first. <laughs> so Ryan, you get to pick the first topic, one through twelve. I was about to lament uh, that that I I brought my scissor in hand ready, but that means something different. So I'll just go with. Uh, I think that there's even a newer term for what that is called now. So, <laughs> is there? I, I think I, I'm I, not, I can't think of it off the top of my head. I I, I, I work with some of the youngins, and they they inform me of the new things that they learn on the Instagrams, and I'm I'm always vexed. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's a whole weird world of strange things going on. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I'll take five. <laughs> Number five. All right. Well, hey, Ryan, Uh-oh. do you have a vague idea about the Freemasons? I do. Great. Shannon, do you have a vague idea about the Freemasons? I do. Okay. Well, Ryan, let's start talking about the Freemasons. Uh, well, I think, it, I, I, and I might be scrambling this a bit. Oh, yeah. But uh, basically, like, during the Crusades, they stole a bunch of, of uh, mathematical knowledge and architectural knowledge Basically, like all the stuff that we use to like jumpstart the Renaissance from uh, the, the Persians and, and various empires over there, brought it over to Europe. And the people who like closely guarded those secrets were were Masons, and that eventually morphed into some weird uh, cult uh, that I think did stuff with a head. I'm not 100. percent And then at some point, <laughs> like a severed head, like a weird reliquary, like I don't know, but. Uh, and then that kind of morphed into like a bunch of old men in the lodge, you know, who kind of occasionally have, have uh, and I know that uh, like all the, the, the founding fathers were, were Freemasons to some extent, hence all the weird uh, 
symbology on our money. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Eyeball pyramids and all that. but uh, Squares. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but basically, it was an excuse for rich people to sit around and drink and give each other uh, favors. As most things are. As most things are. Yeah. <laughs> Great. That's a, that's a very good start. Uh, I, don't, I don't have a lot here about the, the theft of uh, I, I think technologies, it, but... I might uh, be blurring the t- Knights Templar with the Freemasons they, and some other, you know... Yeah, I mean, it, it, that could be Knights Templar stuff. That's where my, where my gut went, but uh, yeah. Um, Shannon, what do you got? Uh, there's levels, so you can be at different levels of Freemasons. I think it goes up to, like, 42 or something like that. Are you a Freemason? Uh, my grandfather was a Freemason. No. And when he died... Did, did he touch the head? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know anything about the head. <laughs> I, I think that's a nice Templar thing, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but when he died, I got a bunch of his Mason stuff Ooh. that you're not supposed to get. Wow. Ooh, so I've got a fez, because also part of the... Masons are also I those the, Shriners. the Shriners are part of the Masons. Oh no shit! Yeah, so they've all got their. Oh. So all the Freemasons have their their Shriner fezes. Did, did you get the tiny car too? I didn't get a tiny car. That would have been that would have been the the best thing yeah, if well, I had gotten a tiny car. Just the tiny submit picture. <laughs> I got like a weird cloth apron that I guess they wear that has like tassels on it, and I guess when they're hanging out in the lodge, they wear their fezes and their weird cloth and apron? apron. Yeah. Are they making like yeah. baked goods in there or something? <gasps> I think it holds like papers and stuff, and then I got like huh. a little handbook, and then I got like a rolled thing that I don't really know what it is, but a rolled thing. Like it's like a a scroll? A scroll, yeah. <laughs> is it in English or is it some other? Um, It's blank. Yeah. Whoa. But it's like part of the apron. I don't know. Oh, it's so weird. it's just like a, an ornamental scroll. Oh, an ornamental <laughs> scroll. Try. I mean, I think I've always aspired to own an ornamental <laughs> scroll. As a, as a youth, I often tried to make ornamental scrolls. You'd burn the edges of like lined paper. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? dip them in tea. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And try and find some invisible ink to write in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dear Mavis, uh, the war has been hard. <laughs> Love. Sunnyside Joe. But again, uh, it still has the blue lines with oh the yeah. red line going through. <laughs> oh, no, it's, it's the big kind that's got the, the lines with the dotted line in oh, the middle so the, you can track right. upper and lowercase. Right. Because really, yeah. what did you have as a kid? Come on. Yeah. I mean, well, plus, like, nobody back then knew how to write. Most of them were functionally illiterate. So it, it would be... Inaccurate. <laughs> it was either completely illiterate or beautiful copper plate script. You know, just mm-hmm. flowing cursive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Finally chiseled from marble. Where the U's look like V's for some reason. <laughs> Usually writing out the worst things in the world. Just like, yeah. well, my grand gangrenous stump has uh, been acting up again today on the on the front. <laughs> Wait, what's a stivump? <laughs> Oh, these look like the these. Band, I've been listening to the band Churches. You know the band Churches? They always they have a oh, V. Oh yeah, with the V. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I like the band a lot, but I always it's right. like one of those things. It's like a. One, well, isn't there one like that has a W, but it's two V's? Yes, there is. Always or something like that. Yeah. Or is that a it, tampon? No. It, <laughs> well, always is like a. a it is a feminine hygiene product. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they also. But they do, don't uh, spell it with the two Could also be they, sometimes with the inverted. Shannon, <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you have anything else about the Freemans? No. Do you have this stuff? Like, I have all this stuff. It's crazy to come over to your house and look at this yeah. shit. That's amazing. I've got oh, I've got a ring mm-hmm. with the uh, the pyramid with the eye on it. No kidding. Which I've thought about wearing sometimes to see if like I get any like special treatment, Something? but no, yeah. I'm a girl. They wouldn't yeah. give me oh, anything. That's probably true. Yeah. Those, those organizations tend to be 
It, oh. it is exclusively male, I think. Is it? Yeah. Still? Yeah. Wow. But I think there's a female version of it that's a different name, like the Roses or something. Oh. Well, that's weird. That's not on brand. <laughs> <laughs> should be like... Uh, Masons and the Roses. <laughs> it's kind of on brand. Yeah. Well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> we built this country and you made it pretty. <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, since the middle of the 19th century, Masonic historians have sought the origins of the movement in the series of similar documents known as the Old Charges, dating back from the Regius poem in about 1425 to the beginning of the 18th century. Okay. Uh, this alludes to the membership of a lodge of operative masons. They relate to a mythologized history of the craft, the duties of its grades, and the manner in which oaths of fidelity are taken on joining. So very much like the stonecutters in the Simpsons. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I'm a little scrambled there, apparently, because that, that doesn't quite fit. I think I think you might have been on Knights Templar. Yeah. But I like I like a lot of what you said, and I feel like <laughs> it's very <laughs> likely that there are things in here that we will never know about that involve sure. like touching a severed head or something, well, because most of these organizations have an arcane something weird thing. like that. Yeah. I do think a lot of the Freemasons were. Um, architects and builders and yeah. stuff like that, though. I do think yeah. it kind of sprung up as a trade. Yeah. As a lot of people from those trades were in there. Well, and that's why there's so many weird, like, obelisks and, and around European cities, there's a lot of strange sacred geometry stuff going on because a lot of them were into weird magical sub-societies and oh, yeah. you know, Golden Dawn shit and just bizarre Bizarre things. I'm not saying your grandpa was a weirdo, but at that point it was pretty much. You know. No, but he was an architect, so. So okay, see? that's weird. Uh, notable possible Freemason is Jack the Ripper in the, oh, yeah. in the mythology. Yeah. What? Of we don't Jack even know Ripper. who he is. How oh, do we I know he was a? Uh, there, there is a. This is a conspiracy it, episode, and there is a conspiracy <laughs> around yeah. that. Um, and then but the, you know, the word possible is like. Capped, locked, and just <laughs> <underlined>. <laughs> anything's possible. I mean, <laughs> um, there's an article from 2009 on a website called Business Pundit titled Seven Sinister Ways Freemasons Control Our Country and Why It Could Be Bullshit. Wow, well, why it could be bullshit. They really hedged themselves. <laughs> um, more of the type reporting that businesspundit.com is known for, <laughs> right? Uh, so one of the one of the topics under here is that Freemasons uh select and indoctrinate Rhodes Scholars. So that's one thing. Uh, Cecil Rhodes was a Mason while studying at Oxford in 1870. That doesn't surprise me. Um, Wasn't, like, every president except for Obama a Mason? I think so. I mean, I I don't know if Clinton was, but I know he was a Rhodes Rhodes Scholar. Scholar. (laughs) That's what made me think of it. That's what made me think of it. (laughs) Uh, uh, The Federal Reserve... Freemasons use the notion of the Federal Reserve as a public institution to trick the public into believing no single group has a monopoly on the production, distribution, and manipulation of currency. And it really goes on and on. Uh, there's also a Simpsons quote where uh, when Mr. Burns is going through his uh, protracted Howard Hughes phase when he builds oh, the casino, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Smithers comes up to clean him up because he's let his hair grow long, he's wearing uh, tissue boxes, boxes on yeah. his feet. And he looks at the germs on Mr. Smithers' face, and the germs say, Freemasons run the country! <laughs> Which, uh, there you go. So, <laughs> a little bit about Freemasons. Obligatory classic Simpsons quotes. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I, I try to hit them whenever I can. And, uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't think there's probably anything practically factual about the Freemason conspiracy, <laughs> but I have heard that my whole life, that it's like, oh, it's a secret society, they, they do all this 
you know, right, right. they're controlling all these things. And the truthful aspect is probably that it's a society of wealthy people, and mm-hmm. wealthy people by proxy do control most of the things that happen. Right. So there you go. Uh, Ryan, I'm going to give you five points. Shannon, I'm going to give you five and a half points, because Ooh. hot damn, you have a bunch of stuff that we need to hang out and look uh, at. Yeah, that's... that's... <laughs> I am so my half. Remember your <laughs> your your actual like Masonic artifacts are only worth half a point. Whereas my half remembered sort of kind of maybe not real <laughs> imagining of history still a solid five. Okay. <laughs> I mean it's early and it's a conspiracy. Well, and to be episode, honest, so. when I got it, I was expecting awesome secrets and. That's, it was all yeah. kind of boring, so yeah. it really was only worth about maybe, half a point. Maybe the ring like unfolds or something into like. Or there's a door with like, have, a pyramid. Have we tried you? Have you tried using like one of those uh, cum spotting lights on the on the blank scroll? <laughs> there, there are things you don't want to know about your dead relatives. <laughs> well, I'm just I'm just curious. Like it might have invisible ink written on it or something. I That's have all. not. And I actually have one of those, so I okay, know what great. I'm doing when I get home tonight. I, I also like how how an entire spectrum of light has now just been labeled the cum spotting light. <laughs> hey, I'm trying to market it in a new way, you know. What with the kids fapping willy nilly yeah, these yeah, days? Gotta, it's 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 a plague. <laughs> okay, Shalom was right. <laughs> Shannon, you get to pick the next topic. I'll go with number seven. Number seven. All right. Well, Shannon, you have a vague idea about Area 51. I do. Great. Ryan? As do I. Excellent. Shannon, let's talk about Area 51. All right. Area 51 is a secret military base where they took the aliens after they crashed in Roswell in the 50s to study them. And Will Smith goes there in Independence Day. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Nice. Perfect. Ryan, what do you got? Um, also, uh, I mean, they, they supposedly test like experimental aircraft there. Uh, so that's the non-alien-related explanation for, for the weird goings-on out there. It was mm-hmm. also a terrible arcade cabinet back in the 90s. <gasps> oh, I As love that game. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They always went, clear the room, clear the room. They had the little gun. Yes, I loved that yeah, game. And the guys would jump out of the barrels and just be like, <laughs> like They were like oh. zombie aliens in neon jumpsuits. Yeah, yeah. They all wore like really bright green and really bright orange. Yes. It's like, that's a terrible uniform for a secret base. <laughs> that was the era of video games, though. They were like, we yeah, can make one true. skin. So let's just put him in, a, in very noticeable colors because we yeah. don't want people to enjoy the game. Yeah. We want it to blow their eyes out to the back of their skull. They can afford, like, one guy, like, standing up from a, a chest-high level to put oh, yeah. a gun at you, and then you just recycle. It was just over. that over and over again. Sometimes they came from the top. That's true. They, like, rappelled down. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Um, Yeah, the uh, United States Air Force facility, commonly known as Area 51, is a highly classified remote detachment of Edwards Air Force Base within the Nevada Test and Training Range. According to the CIA, which, I mean, can you believe them, right? I I don't know. South America, never heard of it. Is that a place? (laughs) There's three Mexicos, though. Uh, Oh, God. Oh, jeez. The correct name for the facility, according to the CIA, are Homey Airport and Groom Lake. Hmm. 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 Homey Airport. Homey. Like, Homey don't play that, Homey? Or, like... H-O-M-E-Y, yeah. So, pretty close. (laughs) 
<laughs> Big fans of Living Color? <laughs> <laughs> or it's a darling little cottage, you know? Oh, it's homey. <laughs> I get it. Okay. It's like a winsome, there's a pie cooling in a window. I'm kind of sad that I didn't go there first. <laughs> <laughs> I, I prefer the homey department, actually. The base's current primary purpose is publicly unknown. However, based on historical evidence, it has most likely uh, supported the development and testing of experimental aircraft and weapon systems, which are black projects. Mm-hmm. And uh, the intense secrecy surrounding the base has made it a frequent subject of conspiracy theories as a central component of UFO for folklore. Okay. So, yeah. Right. And that's what I heard. I mean, um, <coughs> they go to Area 51. Is he working in Area 51 in the Futurama episode when Fry goes back in time and accidentally sleeps I with his grandma? Is. Yeah. 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 It, okay. and I think that's actually, it's before it's Area 51. It becomes Area 51 because they crash there. Yeah, yeah. 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 Great stuff. Just tapping the Matt Groening. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not you, disenchantment. No, no. <laughs> got to earn it back. <laughs> Do you have you have you watched a lot of that? No, not yet. Okay, I'm just I, I discontent. I've watched a couple, and it's like it's fine. I don't yeah. know. It could be better. It, it's just a tough pedigree to follow up on. Well, yeah, you know, because even Futurama it took a while to to get to get the ball rolling. You know. Oh yeah. At least I thought so. No, I think I think it's it really hits its stride in like season two, mm-hmm. and then it really gets strong like right before they canceled it, and then it yeah. sort of came back a little weak because yeah, you know, you can't recapture the magic. No, you know? no I, I never really got into it. I think because I started watching it when it came on, yeah. and I was like, eh, not as good. And I've never heard anything but amazing things yeah. about it. Yeah, get to the 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 later seasons of the first run. And then it's like, and I hate telling people that. It's, it's it's one of those things where it's like, oh, the book gets really good two hundred pages in. It's just like, well, I am a mortal person who only has so much time on the planet, so no. Or or, or the classic, yeah, the the TV is is the worst because it's like, oh, season five through seven is really great, but you got to get through seasons one through four. It's like. <laughs> I have to get through 70 hours of television? <laughs> what, what we need is some sort of... Okay. Business idea. <laughs> we need to develop an app that allows you to quickly make a Topher Grace-esque supercut of a bunch of bullshit so you can basically be like, previously on this show until you actually want to watch it. And then you can just watch the quick, like, clap-together thing that captures all the highlights. You're like, okay, cool. So that guy's the jerk. That guy's the clown. She's great. This lady's crazy. So and so. Right. The dog talks, etc. Right. <laughs> I I launch a company just called Topher. <laughs> yeah. But it's T O F E R. Yeah. 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 Because kids don't have all the letters anymore. It takes no. too much time. Well, and we don't need any legal entanglements with Mr. Grace. That's, no. Oh, no, no. He's he's legendarily litigious. <laughs> <laughs> Cut that. Cut that out. <laughs> yeah, we just put up the technical difficulties. You know, um, great. Uh, I'm going to give Ryan two and a half points and Shannon two points. And Shannon, you get to pick the next... Well, Ryan, get, you get to pick the next one. One through... Uh, Nine. Do I? Do I get to, I mean, when oh, I wait. don't know what they are. You know? One through ten. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Except you get to for, pick a number. Except for five and seven. Well, no. We're just accordioning... Accordioning... Whatever that word is. Accordioning them down. I see. So we pulled out those ones. Okay. So now one through ten remain. Okay. So I could still pick five. Yeah, you absolutely could. Well, I'll pick five again. <laughs> well, great. Ryan... It's time for Palma Palma Tear! Okay. okay. And Shannon is going to be just so happy about this. Because I'm so excited.
Comme Pomme de Terre is our weird French game where you're going to tell me whether the object that I present to you in a moment is okay. an apple or a potato. Just spiritually. Yes. Yeah. Like in its essence. That's the best. Yeah. That's the best description. Uh-huh. Okay. Is, is it, it spir- spiritually a pomme or a pomme de terre? <laughs> so is this uh, old checkbook of mine that has no checks left an apple or a potato? Hmm. <laughs> I didn't realize it was in my backpack until this afternoon. I was like, I think that's an interesting thing to go with. We'll see what someone says. Uh, it does have a leathery hide. Okay. Uh, um, hmm. Just like an apple <laughs> or a potato? <laughs> just as apples are known to have? Uh, boy. Um, hmm. I'm going to go with potato. Um, because when potatoes first came to Europe... Uh, they were they were considered just the devil's fruit. Like the church was like, oh, they're poison, don't eat them. Hmm. But then, like they were they were you know very productive in European soil, and people like, oh, I don't like starving to death, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. And in that sense, it was it was like uh, like a leap of faith in in the sense that like I'm going to distrust the okay. authorities okay. and and eat this magical <laughs> dirt worm. <laughs> <laughs> In much the same way, a check is a leap of faith in that, like, that oh, money is there. I was wondering there. how you were going to get there. I was I, wondering. It was, it was very tenuous, but I, I hope that tracks. Oh, yeah. No, I, I would agree with you that, that a check is one of society's greatest financial institution trust exercises. It's very strange, yeah. That you would accept a piece of paper as payment for something, (laughs) knowing that in three days you'll find out if you get that payment or not. Right. It's a tiny promise that uh, they are under no obligation to to fulfill. Well, isn't money kind of like that? (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, it's not like it's backed by anything anymore, but right? (laughs) Freemason. (laughs) Shannon, what do you think? Um, I'm going to disagree. You disagree? I think it's a palm. Okay. Be- going with an apple. Because this is the leftover. It is an empty checkbook. It's a wind. Yes, it's an mm. apple core. That's a good ah, oh, Very that's good. Solid. Yeah, that's there's solid. really not any part of the potato that you wouldn't generally consume. That's like, true. I guess true. if you're in the Navy, you have to peel them, but I, I've never peeled a potato otherwise. Is, like, that, is that, like, mandatory? It's like a punishment thing, yeah. Oh. Okay. Is I think they, they eat a bunch of... I mean, they did it in, like, Beetle Bailey a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they really do. That is, that is the most comprehensive resource on the American military that I know of. <laughs> the Catch-22 of the funny guys. <laughs> I, I love it. Uh, I'm going to give you both a point for that. Great job. And, uh, Shannon, you get to pick the next one. I'll go with one. Number one. Well, do you have a vague idea about lizard people? Ooh, I do. Great. <laughs> Ryan, <laughs> lizard people. I, 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 I have some awareness, yes. <laughs> Shannon, let's talk about lizard people. Okay, lizard people are, oh gosh, they are aliens that disguise themselves as humans and have infiltrated the top government positions uh I think worldwide, but a lot in our country, but probably worldwide, because they are trying to uh, take over the world. Yeah, great. That's <laughs> that's very concise and, and, and clear. And there actually have been cults devoted to people that um, are trying to uh, protect themselves from the lizard people, and I believe there was actually a murder recently Holy shit. of a woman 
there's been a couple murders of people that have thought other people were lizard people. Um, but there was one recently where um, it was a boyfriend and girlfriend in one of these cults that thought the leader of their cult was a secret lizard person and they killed him. Oh, wow. That's a lot of jumps to do. Like, yeah. more than, like I yeah. totally believe in this cult stuff. Right. But... I think the guy leading our cult might be shady. <laughs> and then not to be like, the the cult is the problem. Right. But instead to be like, I think he's a lizard person. Right. <laughs> right. Well, and that's, that's some, that's some four dimensional chess for the lizard people to be like, encouraging people to rise up against the lizard people. And then also leading those yeah. rebellions. Yeah. That's lizard like people some, are smart. That's some KGB stuff. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Layers. Where I'm looking at about lizard people. Um, well, I mean, okay, first of all, like if you're going to don't kill the person that you think is a lizard person, <laughs> just cut off like their leg. And if they're actually a lizard person, it'll grow back, you know? Sure. It's think this through. Um, <laughs> I've heard that they're not aliens, that they come from like that other conspiracy theory that the earth is hollow oh. and they live in the, the center of the earth and they come spilling out. I don't know how much. Uh, crossover or cross pollination. This, this, you know, the the their aliens versus their their ultra terrestrials uh, have, but uh, that, that's one thing I've heard. Um, but mostly, it just seems like um, a, a very convenient way to convert somebody's anti-Semitic beliefs into something more digestible that they could scream on the street corner. And, and just sort of parlay it that way. So, I thought you were going to say that it's a way to take somebody's anti-Semitic beliefs and turn them into anti-lizard beliefs so they're not anti-Semitic well, anymore. That's what I mean. Because they, they, they are suspiciously similar to a lot of the things, like yeah. the anti-Zionist people. They're running, they're running financial institutions right. and government. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Reptilian humanoids, or simply reptilians, also known as reptoids, lizard people, reptiloids, saurians, and draconians are purported humanoids. Saurians. Pretty rad. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I, I, would, I would bend a knee to the saurians. <laughs> I, for one, welcome our lizard <laughs> Excellent. We're going to have a Simpsons quote for every single one. There we go. Um, uh, so, yeah, characteristics of reptiles. They often play a prominent role in fantasy, sci-fi, uh, ufology, and conspiracy theories. The idea of reptilians was popularized by David Ick, I-C-K-E. By David Ick. A conspiracy theorist who claimed shape-shifting reptilian aliens control Earth by taking on human form and gaining political power to manipulate human societies. Ick has stated on multiple occasions that many world leaders are or are possessed by so-called reptilians. See, I love the way that conspiracy theories often work, that it's like, right. they either are or they're possessed by. Right. Because at some point it's like, well, we really, even if I couldn't prove that this is a reptile, yeah. I can definitely like get you to believe that maybe a reptile's like whispering in his ear. Right, right. right. Well, you'd figure there'd be a lot more bankers lazing on hot rocks if they were, you know, actually lizard people. This is true. Uh, but you got to have that extra zag in there where it's like, well, clearly they're possessed, you know. Because, duh, lizard people have mind control machines. Yeah. And... Like, they're not going to deal with warm bloods uh, <laughs> without using some sort of mechanism, right? <laughs> right. Uh, uh, so according to Ick, uh, <laughs> that name. the reptilian humanoids uh, are from the Alpha Draconis star system, which sure. is like... 
Come on. So you read Alpha Draconis in like a pulp sci-fi book. Yeah. You're like, I don't know, that's where the lizard people come from. <laughs> uh, he contends that most of the world's ancient and modern leaders are related to these reptilians, including the Merovingian dynasty, the Rothschilds, the Bush family, and the British royal family. The conspiracy theories now have supporters in up to 47 countries, and he has given lectures to crowds of up to 6,000. And this is why uh, mental health in this country really is a crisis. Uh, it's uh, really... <laughs> put more money into... Let me, let, me, let me put a pin on that, thing, okay. what you just said. A poll of Americans in 2013 by public policy polling indicated that 4% of registered voters, plus or minus 2.8%, so... Keep up that to 6.8%. Either up to 68 or down to 1.2%. The, the lizard but swing still <laughs> believe in reptilian overlords. Wow. Uh, so that's, that's a lot of fun. Wow. Um, <laughs> what, are, what are the rates of schizophrenia? Just, um, you know, I think, it's, I think it's however close you are to a mind control machine. That's, that's probably That's what true. schizophrenia happens. And I, I probably shouldn't dis- besmirch people with schizophrenia because, <laughs> frankly... I think a lot of them don't believe in lizard people. Yeah, I think a lot of them are like, hey, you know, I, I, uh, I'm I, hearing voices of other things that aren't lizard people. Right. Or, hey, I really wish I could help. I could get some help. Right. Yeah. Hey, hey, I'm, I'm not neurotypical, but you're an idiot if you think there's lizard people. <laughs> that's, you should, you can take that. I mean, that's yours already, but I think if you, if you want to put that in your act, I like that as a, that's a good punchline. I don't know. I don't know. People, people are... Uh, we'll discuss. We'll discuss. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh Well, great. So I'm gonna give everybody. I'm gonna give you both two points. All right. All right. And and Shannon, you get to pick again. Right. Uh, no, I started. Oh, you just did that. I keep getting confused. I don't know why I, it's so hard with two. With two, yeah, well, lizard people. I think it's. I think it's because it's. It's just a line. Yeah. There's no, I, there's no. <laughs> yeah. Instead of a circle. Circular. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. get the momentum going. It's, it's... And I'm on the end, so it kind of feels like I just went. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well. Ryan. I, I gotta go with five. Number five. Great. <laughs> Excellent. Well, do you have a vague idea about the film Double Indemnity from 1944? I do. Great. Shannon, Double Indemnity. I'll say yes. Okay. Ryan, start us off. Uh, if I'm remembering correctly, it's Hitchcock? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. It's not pronounced that way. <laughs> Hitchcock? <laughs> That's how he said it. <laughs> Good evening. I'm Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> I mean, look, if my name was Hitchcock, like, come on. You would literally, like, a thing you hook a horse to and a cop. Which could be a rooster. And an animal it's, that wakes you up in the morning. Yeah, it probably is a rooster. <laughs> Just get, guessing how you know, most names came about. Yeah, it's probably, like, you built the posts that people tied their roosters right. to. <laughs> right. What a great family lineage. I know, I know. And not like, I dragged a wagon here with my genitals. Like that would be, <laughs> It would be worthy of a title, but I don't know if that was... <laughs> my great-great-grandfather would pull the wagon into town every day. And they went, Hitchcock! <laughs> His voice went up like that because, well, it was a very heavy wagon. <laughs> Um, okay, uh, I think it was, uh, was it Cary Grant? Uh, I think it was Cary Grant. No, Cary Grant was only in, uh, North by Northwest. Um, 
what I'm arriving at is that I know that it is a movie that exists, <laughs> and I haven't seen it. So. Okay, great. Well, no, that's fine, because it's, it's not Hitchcock. Okay. So I'm really, I, I didn't want to cut you off, because I really like where we went on Hitchcock. And Kerry Grant cited it either. Okay. Uh, okay. So Shannon, what do you got? Uh, I'm, I'm right there on the it's a movie train. Okay. Uh, uh, is it film noir? It sounds noir-y. Yeah, yeah, it is. Maybe it's in black and white. Sure. Maybe Mm -hmm. somebody's doing something that they don't want other people to know they're doing. Yeah. Maybe they're, they're double crossing some people. Maybe there's some spies involved. They were like, is there indemnity going on over there? And they're no, like, no, 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 it's fine. Here. <laughs> it's fine. And then they discover there is indemnity going on. And it turns out there's yet more indemnity. Double the indemnity. Double indemnity. <laughs> Great. Uh, it was followed shortly thereafter by triple indemnity. And, uh, and then no indemnity. Because they <laughs> took a step back. Yeah, the franchise really lost steam. Yeah. That is Transformers movies. Uh, <laughs> yeah, quadruple indemnity, dark of the moon. <laughs> Michael Bay, centuple indemnity. <laughs> I don't even understand how we get indemnity a hundred times. This is crazy. It's uh, just a guy at a chalkboard with like legalese. It's just like, okay, so if they indemnitied here and then I indemnitied oh, oh, just an hour and a half of that and then the chalkboard explodes because it's Michael Bay and, and all of the and a lot of the numbers and legalese statements have racist caricatures right. voicing them right and then Cary Grant walks in and he's like I'm in this and then he leaves <laughs> <laughs> hey great uh, Double Indemnity is a 1944 uh, film noir, crime drama, directed by Billy Wilder. Oh, okay. Co-written by Wilder and Raymond Chandler. Oh, wow. And produced by Buddy DeSilva and Joseph Sistrom. Screenplay was based on Michael M. Cain's 1943 novella of the same name. Uh, the plot of the movie, so it stars Fred McMurray, who was the, like, scientist in Flubber, if you, oh. if you remember. He was, like, wow. a Disney guy, but he takes a very, like, dramatic turn in this. Okay. Uh, he stars as an insurance salesman, and Barbara Stanwyck is a provocative housewife who wishes her husband were dead. And Edward G. Robinson plays a claims adjuster who works with Fred McMurray, and whose job is to find phony claims. The term double indemnity refers to a clause in certain life insurance policies that doubles the payout in rare cases when death is caused accidentally, such as while riding a railway. So what they do in the movie is they kill him and then they make it seem like he got he fell off a train. Right. And then they're gonna collect the money. Right. But uh, Fred McMurray basically gets like double crossed by Barbara Stanwyck. Right. I won't say anything else because if you haven't seen it, you might want to see it sometime. But it's a great movie. <laughs> I feel like you stopped a little late. <laughs> <laughs> I probably did. Uh, that said, it is so well done. It is, okay. it is one of my favorite older films. Oh, and I love old film noir movies, and it's it's definitely one of those ones that's ranked as like one of the best American movies ever. So I have no excuse. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen it. It is uh, in 98. Oh, okay. In 2007, it was placed at 29th on the 100 best American films of all time list by AFI. So yeah. worth worth seeing. It is, it is really good. I was blown away Billy when Wilder. I saw it. He's, he, he Billy is, Wilder. I love Billy incredible. Wilder. Yeah. Incredible. He's always great. I'm not a huge Noir fan, though. Really? I know. Well, it's not the popular opinion. That No, well, that's fair. My my wife hates them, too, because uh, she, she basically says, 
Uh, every time I walk into a noir movie, like, a woman's getting slapped. So I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, in, in fairness, like, noir yeah. movies are predicated almost entirely on misogyny. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. The detective is grizzled, and there's always uh-huh. a name that shows up and ruins his idyllic life of bachelorized drinking. And, yeah. yeah, he's just, like, hanging out, not caring about anything, and then, yeah. oh, no. That said, though, I loved the Happy Time Murders. Oh, see, I haven't seen that yet, but I'm, I'm was, very intrigued. Uh, film noir with Melissa McCarthy and a bunch of Muppets. Oh, yeah. yeah that got really bad reviews. It and- was... It was like, this it was looks like... supposed to be terrible, but yeah. I watched it and I was like, ah, I think this is hilarious. Delightful. I love it. It's <laughs> delightful. I'm a Muppet fan, so I, I want to... Plus, Melissa McCarthy's great. She's always good. Yeah. She's always good. Yeah. Have you guys seen, um, Can You Ever Forgive Me? Not yet. Forgive yeah. <laughs> All right. Because <laughs> it's a very dramatic turn for her in that. It right? is. It yeah. is. But I find that, like, a lot of comic actors, everyone always is always surprised. It's like, oh, they can, they can act. Right. It's like, well, yeah, that's yeah. dumb. No, but, I would argue ultimately that comedy is the harder thing to do. Yeah. I would agree. It's harder to be funny mm-hmm. than it is to be dramatic. Definitely. Like, everybody has access to feeling bad. Right. Not a lot of people have access to actually commanding a room and getting people to laugh. Right. Yeah, the easiest roles are the, like, young ingenues that are just like, oh, yeah. somebody take care of me. Yeah. The comedy is definitely the talent. <laughs> well, and we always know when there is like a dramatic actor who can do comedy because they'll show up and everyone's always surprised. Where it's like, oh, John Hamm. Oh my God, John Hamm's funny. It's like, yes, he's yeah. one of the only funny dramatic. <laughs> well, as a, a, the the you know SNL's been doing the all the very political stuff with mm-hmm. the with the cold opens, mm-hmm. and they have Robert De Niro playing Robert Mueller. Robert De Niro. And De Niro is not, not funny. funny at all. No. Now, granted, like he was kind of funny in the Meet the Parents movies, I guess on a on the level of. But in but in the type of comedy that I hate the most, which is right. most Ben Stiller movies predicated on the idea of like, oh, this guy's just kind of a dope, yeah. but everybody keeps crapping on him, and it's yeah. funny because we get to watch... It's like, that's not funny. When Robert De Niro like was funny that. because he was playing every role that Robert De Niro exactly. plays in yeah. a movie that didn't need a Robert De Niro exactly. character. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that was the first time he played everybody everybody's idea of Robert De Niro. And in a way, it kind of destroyed his career because it's he's still doing that. You know, oh, he's yeah. reached that Al Pacino phase. He made a caricature of himself. Exactly. Oh. exactly. <laughs> Christopher Amazing. Walken, similar deal. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. where they don't have to play a part; they could just show up and <laughs> doof their way through. You know, rehearsals and sweatpants, and you're done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, it's just such an honor to work with with Mr. De Niro mm-hmm. on this movie. Yeah, it wasn't good, but man, yeah. it was great working with. <laughs> wow, him. it was incredible. I really like Taxi Driver. That was something else. Yeah. Yeah, it was probably an honor to work with, like, Robert De Niro in, like, 1972, you know? Yeah. Uh, 2019? I don't know. I don't know. It's just so so (laughs) painful watching those SNL things where he's just so, like, he's really struggling to read the cue cards. Yeah. And I I just, you know, at some point it's like, okay, figure something else out for this. Like, it's stunt casting, and it's fine, but, like... Sure, and I get that, yeah. If you're really, if you're gonna make a joke about something as annoyingly serious as the stuff that's been going on in this country recently, like, make it funny. Make it good. Make it real funny. Because when Matt Damon shows up as, um... Oh, as Kavanaugh? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Mm -hmm. Matt Damon's funny. Mm Mm-hmm. It's perfect. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Robert Nero. Uh, (laughs) Well, great. (laughs) Uh, I'm giving both of you half a point Woo. for that because oh. you, you both mentioned uh, something about the, it. The, the I mean, movie you said exists. noir. Uh, yeah, we, we we touched on something. It was great. Uh, 
Uh, plus, we talked about, you know, the many sequels. Uh, so, uh, Shannon, you get to pick the next one. Uh, two. Number two? Well, Shannon, do you have a vague idea about Paul is dead? Oh, yes. Okay. Ryan? Uh, yes. Great. Shannon, start us off. Uh, Paul is Dead was a rumor about Beatle, Paul McCartney, being dead. Um, I, th- I think it's because, I can't remember which song, but it, there was one of them that if you played it backwards, it said Paul is Dead. Yeah. And everybody yeah. thought that that meant that that had happened. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's good. Yeah, they right. said that uh, <clears throat> he died in a car crash. And that uh, that song uh, at the end of Sgt. Pepper's, I think, A Day in the Life, yeah. is an explanation of what happened to Paul, because that's what people do. They, they, <laughs> they, their friend dies, and they write a song about it, but they keep the fact that he died secret, and so they hire some other guy who kind of looked like Paul, mm-hmm. and people are like, oh, you could see that in this picture of Paul McCartney from, like, 1968, it's completely different from this picture from 1965. It's like, he has a beard. That's <laughs> <laughs> all that happened. And, uh, I can't remember the guy's name that they said they hired to replace him, but apparently, like, this whole time it's been a McCartney imposter, and uh, that's why Wings sucked. <laughs> yeah, it couldn't have been Linda McCartney. God rest her soul, but still, I'm sorry. Uh, so yeah, you guys hit it. Uh, proponents of the theory maintained that in November of 1966, McCartney had an argument with the other Beatles during a recording session and drove off angrily in his car, crashed, and was decapitated. Ooh. Wow. To spare the public from grief, the, skull was used for the, the surviving Beatles <laughs> replaced him with the winner of a Paul McCartney lookalike contest. The scenario was facilitated by the Beatles' reti- recent retirement from live performances because they toured in 66 and never toured again after the like Shea Stadium tour. Right. Uh, so, uh, and by choosing to present themselves with a new image for the next <coughs> album, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Go Bland, uh, in one retelling, the stand-in was, quote, an orphan from Edinburgh named uh, William Campbell, whom the Beatles then trained to impersonate McCartney. Others contended that the man's name was William Shears Campbell, later abbreviated to Billy Shears, which appears on mm. Sgt. Pepper's. Oh my God. And the replacement was instigated by Britain's MI5 out of concerns <laughs> for the severe distress McCartney's death would cause the Beatles' audience. Also sheared because his, he was decapitated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very on the neck. Uh, in the latter telling, uh, the surviving Beatles were said to be racked by guilt at their duplicity and therefore left messages in the music and album artwork to communicate the truth to the fans. Because, again, that's what people do. <laughs> so some of the clues were, uh, yeah, you play a song backwards. Uh, one frequent suggestion was that Lennon put the phrase, I buried Paul in Strawberry Fields Forever, um, which it turns out Lennon said, he actually said cranberry sauce. <laughs> um, another example was the Abbey Road album cover depicting a funeral procession oh, yeah. Lennon dressed in white to symbolize a heavenly figure Star dressed in black as the undertaker Harrison in denim as the grave digger and McCartney being, being barefoot and out of step with the others yeah. symbolizing the corpse yeah. so there you go that's your Paul is dead <laughs> wacky wacky do I spent a really long time reading about that in like college I think yeah. like a few <laughs> nights when I just didn't have anything I was like the internet was fresh so it was just like oh shit 
there's another Angel Fire website about this. This is great. (laughs) That would be great if he came out. Like, even, especially if it's not true, but on his deathbed, which is probably coming up here pretty soon, uh, if he's just like, I'm not actually Paul McCartney. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Billy Shears. Doodly do. I'm an old from from Edinburgh. (laughs) That's why I talk like I'm from Liverpool. (laughs) Ringo taught me voice lessons. (laughs) Your voice kind of goes up and then it goes down. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Uh, I'm giving you both a point for that. Uh, And Ryan, it's your turn again. So, uh, Uh, you know. One through six. I... uh, I gotta stick with five. Stick with five. <laughs> I love it. It's been I good to it. you. I know. Yeah, yeah, this would be great. Well, do you have a vague idea about Guy Fox? Yes. Great, Shannon. Yeah. Guy Fox. Okay, Ryan, start us off. Let's talk about Guy Fox. Um, I think he was a royalist. He was. He basically he he plotted to blow up Parliament as an act of. Uh, well, I don't think protest because once you kill people, that's you're not protesting anymore. You're basically. Make, making things happen. Yeah. But, uh... Detesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Detesting. <laughs> uh, but, uh... What was his reasoning? I think he was... He was making some political point about... Uh, I think it was Ireland? Something. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> also, you know, uh, the mask has become synonymous with anonymous uh oh, hey, we're playing but uh because of that fucking movie so yeah <laughs> yeah great job for v for vendetta for really bringing that on the world uh, 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 shannon what do you got um it turned into a really weird holiday mm-hmm. guy fox day mm-hmm. and i think it's got a nursery rhyme that also was in view for vendetta yeah like, remember remember the 5th of November? We don't remember it. That's not a very good rhyme. (laughs) They should have made that the part that rhymes. Exactly. Exactly. Um, But, yeah, so it's it's a holiday now, and they burn Guy Fawkes in effigy and light fireworks Hmm. because... They don't like him to symbolize. So, like, they've got a holiday named after him, but they don't like him. It's yeah. kind. Of, I'm kind of. Conv- I've always that, been a little confused. That about makes all sense that. in a way, though, because they won, so they're the victors. So they have like an annual "fuck this guy" holiday where they reenact burning him. Yeah, but then why don't they call it the "fuck this guy" holiday? Well, his name already kind of sounds like Guy Hawks Day. Sounds like yay, Guy Hawks Day. His name yeah. is almost "fuck," so <laughs> I, I think they just like it's. Fuck Scott. Here you hear ye, Guy Fucks Day. <laughs> That's different. <laughs> Don't Google that. Don't fuck too close to the sun, guy. Um, and neither one of us mentioned it, but there was probably some sort of conspiracy involved. Yeah. yeah oh, maybe the just the conspiracy of the... Conspiracy? Was the, that what it was called? It was the gunpowder plot gunpowder of 1605. Plot. That's, that's it. So, oh, yeah, that's right, because it's the theme of the show. <laughs> Guy Fawkes was born April 13th of 1570 and died January 31st of 1606. He was also known as Guido Fawkes while fighting for the Spanish. And he was a member of a provincial English Catholics group who planned the failed gunpowder plot of 1605. Catholics versus Protestant thing. That's why I thought it was Irish. And he was captured on November 5th. Of, of 1605. The gunpowder plot itself was a failed assassination attempt against King James I by those English Catholics, led by Robert Catsby, or Catesby, perhaps. Uh, the plan was to blow up the House of Lords 
during the state opening of Parliament on November 5th, 1605, is a prelude to a popular revolt in the Midlands during which James's nine-year-old daughter, Elizabeth, was to be installed as Catholic head of state. Catesby may have embarked on the scheme after hopes of securing greater religious tolerance under King James had faded, leaving many English Catholics disappointed. So yeah, Anglicans, Protestants, Protestants Catholics, can't we all just get along, you know? It, it was it was a thing. It was a, it was a thing. My my uh, uh, grandma, who actually was from Edinburgh, and like fake Paul McCartney. Um, <laughs> she was. Uh, is, wait, is she Paul McCartney? Uh, yes. Oh damn! <laughs> which is why she is. Which is why Paul no, McCartney it's... looks like someone's grandma. Um, <laughs> he's my grandma. But it's... That was that was beautifully beautifully done. <laughs> It stitched together nicely, but uh, she was she was Catholic, and as a as a girl, uh, the, she had like rocks thrown at her. Wow! Yeah, just for being Catholic. Just for being Catholic. Jeez. Yeah, yeah walking to school like a grown grown adults would throw rocks at, at children. Whoa! So it was a thing, and it still kind of is a thing actually, because that's uh, the big worry with Brexit right now is uh, they they have a soft border. Uh, oh, with between, Northern Ireland. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and that that was like sort of the thing that stopped the troubles over there. And if they go back to a hard border because of various, you know, trade reasons, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. people are probably going to be shooting. Yeah, because, like, the IRA was blowing people up into the early 90s, yeah. as I recall. So it's yeah. not like it's super settled. Exactly. <laughs> I've, exactly. Had, I've had friends that have traveled to Ireland recently in the last year or two and they they tell me they're going up to northern ireland and i still in my mind i'm like you can't go there yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's not safe up there yeah. you two so like say it's okay yeah the yeah. crying game did you never see the oh crying God, game yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right i'm gonna give you both a point again for that great job that was very good yeah i i feel like i'm i'm really uh uh, uh proving the the title of the podcast here because i Honest to God, have a very vague idea about most of these things. That's what we do almost every so we week. <laughs> really, the, the uh, a recent episode with Mark Hughes was probably the most like encyclopedic, just uh, not negative vomiting, but just like a, a knowledge dump that would occur where he'd be like, "Oh yeah, this person directed this in this year. It starred these five people. I think Shannon knew some of those people." Okay, and it was amazing. Wow, he was just like, "Wow, he really knows this stuff." Huh. Yeah. yeah. What was the theme? Uh, it was all kids stuff. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, who knows about that? Other than you know, adults throwing rocks at them. <laughs> Thanks, religion. <laughs> uh, Shannon, you get to pick the next one. Don't, go through don't, five. Don't blame the the, 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 the the religion. Blame blame those dirty Anglicans. <laughs> <laughs> now that that's out the world. <laughs> I don't know how to follow that. <laughs> I think in your honor, I'll go with the last number five. All right, number five. Well, Shannon, do you have a vague idea about the great moon hoax of 1835? I do not. Ryan, the great moon hoax? Uh, sure. <laughs> you going to try it? I'm, I'm going to attempt. Well, great. Gonna... Let's, let's see what you got. Uh, uh, people in 1835 were like, hey, the moon? Not real. <laughs> It's not actually there. It's an optical illusion. It's swamp gas, a lot of swamp gas reflecting off of another celestial body that we don't believe in. So it's it's fake. It moves a lot. 
right. That was very well put together. It's not true. This is the moon hoax of 1835 hoax. The great moon hoax refers to a series of six articles that were produced in The Sun, a New York newspaper, beginning August 25th of 1835. That's That's the worst publication to read about the moon. I know. Because you're just going to be reflecting on it. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Um, But the articles were about the supposed discovery of life and even civilization on the moon. Discoveries were falsely attributed to Sir John Herschel, one of the best-known astronomers of the time. The story was advertised on August 21st, 1835, as an upcoming feature allegedly reprinted from the Edinburgh Current. Whoa. Edinburgh's coming up a lot. Wow. There's a conspiracy Uh in this. I think we know where the lizard people live. (laughs) In cold, foggy Edinburgh. (laughs) No one will notice us slowly dying of lack of body heat. So the headline of the article read, Great astronomical discoveries lately made by Sir John Herschel, LLD, FRS, etc. at Cape of Good Hope. The article described fantastic animals on the moon, including bison, goats, unicorns. I love how you lead with bison and goats for fantastic. (laughs) Follow-up article, ergot poisoning discovered in Cape of Good Hope. (laughs) Ergot them good. Uh, So unicorns... Bipedal tailless beavers and bat-like winged humanoids who built temples. There were also trees, oceans, and beaches, and these discoveries were supposedly made with an immense telescope of an entirely new principle, which sounds like the way the current president describes pretty much everything that he wants to do. It's an immense blank of an entirely new principle. There's going to be beavers with no tails, standing on two legs, making temples. Obviously, it turned out that this was not true, uh, but a lot of people were convinced by it for a while. And uh, Edgar Allan Poe came through, claiming the story was a plagiarism of his earlier work, The Unparalleled Adventure of One Hans Fall. Huh. Last name is spelled P F A A L L. So, yeah. Pretty wow. good. Pretty exciting, right? So huh. the moral of the story is we haven't gotten a lot smarter. <laughs> <laughs> we we keep buying into really dumb stuff. Uh, so no points for anybody there. Wow. Okay. Pe- people want to believe in magic. Right? <laughs> uh, so Ryan, you get to pick uh, one through four. Oh, There's God. not a five anymore. Five. Although you could pick five and you'll just get four. Oh, God. Oh, I'm lost. Um, I'll just go with four then. All right. Well, do you have a vague idea about Watergate? I do. Great. Shannon, do you have a vague idea about Watergate? Vague. Okay. Well, start us off. Uh, well, uh, Richard Nixon wanted to, to uh, 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 basically cement his re-election. Um, and he wanted to do this by like destroying his political enemies and getting dirt on them. So he uh, rounded up a, a bunch of cronies. Um, I think it was, what, it was Oliver North and, um, uh, oh, God, he was an actor for a while. Ronald G. Gordon Liddy. Yeah, G. Gordon Liddy is correct. <laughs> uh, Ronald I don't think Oliver North was in it. 
No? Oh, oh, oh I'm thinking of I'm probably thinking of Ronald Reagan's conspiracy. Oh yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah that was a different one. I ran contra scale. Yeah. I'm, I'm just thinking of like <laughs> criminal Republican shitheads who've become pundits for some reason. <laughs> and D. Gordon Liddy was kind of mixed in there. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. But uh so he he hired uh, a troop of cronies to break into the Watergate Hotel where the, the Democratic uh, uh, headquarters was and find something, mm-hmm. anything that would make them look bad. And uh, this uh, got revealed gradually, and because he was a paranoid freak who didn't understand how to work his, his little tape machine, he was taping everything all the time because uh, it, it basically came on every time he spoke. And he didn't know that, so he recorded pretty much every conversation, including especially the illegal ones uh, that he had in the Oval Office. And uh, eventually it uh, came to light. There was a a, a special counsel. They dug up all the dirt, uh, realized that he lied to the country. Uh, He, uh, I don't think he was uh, indicted. He resigned, and then he was pardoned by his vice president, Gerald Ford. Yep. That's that's very good. Shannon, do you have anything to add about Watergate? Um, Deep Throat mm. was oh, right. uh, yeah. very good. Uh, how we found out about it. Uh, he was a secret informant who we know who he is now, but I can't remember. It's John. Um... Well, apparently, I know his name's John. John. So John. <laughs> first name but we only we only found so. we only found out it was John like in the last five years or something. Yeah. Up until then, he was totally anonymous, and he gave the information to Woodward and Bernstein. Although who we know he likes to... porno. Just <laughs> <laughs> awkward, you know. Like if you're gonna have a spy name, don't reveal something weird about yourself when you do it. <laughs> Just call me auto exfixation. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have an informant named Squirters. It's <laughs> <laughs> the dirt. Oh, like wow. This is barely <laughs> legal. I interrupt. <laughs> barely legal handles all of our contracts. make more sense because what he's handling like the information he's anyway Shannon <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you have anything else uh, yeah so Woodward and Bernstein oh, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. two journalists that broke the story and they were made into a movie called All the President's Men I think mm-hmm. hell yes where they recreated the New York Times office down to where the garbage cans were I read wow. that recently which I is didn't know that the Washington Post Washington Post but yeah uh, <laughs> don't tell them that. They'd be like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is where the New York Times were. Uh, the uh, the production designer shoots himself. <laughs> Deep oh, Throat was, was uh, FBI back. associate director Mark Felt. Oh. Not a John. But, you know. I'm thinking of the guy who was, he cooperated and he was indicted. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> He's also a pundit, a political pundit. His name's John. Yeah. <laughs> it tracks. You know, John. <laughs> no one Googled this. It's fine. Definitely don't Google Deep Throat. Um, well, you'll get a lot of you'll get a lot of stuff. Uh, so yeah, the Watergate scandal was a major political scandal that occurred in the United States during the early nineteen seventies. Following a break-in by five men at the Democratic National Committee headquarters in the Watergate office complex in Washington, DC. On June 17, 1972, in President Nixon's administration's subsequent attempt to cover up his involvement. 
After all five burglars were caught and the conspiracy was discovered, chiefly through the work of a few journalists, which, hey, uh, keep keep going, journalists. Yeah. You you can still do this today. It's, it's a valuable uh, service. Uh, congressional staffers uh, and election finance watchdog officials, Watergate was investigated by the Congress, and uh, Nixon resisted it, etc., which led to a constitutional crisis, and then he resigned. Um, now... The other thing that nobody said about Watergate is that Watergate has sort of, uh, or at least the lack of creativity around naming scandals in our yeah. era, oh, Watergate yeah. has ruined it with its metonymy, yeah. which is now everything just gets a gate on the internet, gate. Yeah. which is a really stupid way to boil very complex problems down to something catchy. I think actually it's the best thing to come out of like the fake scandals surrounding Hillary Clinton. Was the the new uh, Gazi suffix to stick on there? Because oh. Gazi is way more fun than Gate. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, Server Gazi. <laughs> who, who ate my ho hos? <laughs> it's Ho Gazi. Ho Gazi. I don't understand why you didn't lock the fridge. <laughs> fridge Gazi. Fridges don't have locks like I, they used to. Anyway. That's why all those kids died in landfills. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that was also a total lack of parental supervision. <laughs> oh, well, it was before the very special episode of Punky Brewster that warned us against it. Right. And all those exactly. and all those G.I. Joe exactly. bumpers at the end of the show. Punky Gus. Like, hey! <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I'm going to give you both two points. Woo! And, uh, Shannon, one, two, or three? Three. Number three! Oh, hey, we're going to play Goofus and Gallant Ooh. again. So this is a little mini game. Uh, for this game, you make up something shitty that Goofus is doing, and then the nice way that Gallon does it better. So, Shannon, let's start oh, off. Oh, I gotta start. Oh my goodness. Huh. Okay. So okay. This is totally open and creative. You can mm. you can do whatever you want. I mean, it can be on the line of conspiracies. I might get a little more points for that, but I don't know. <laughs> um, you could also just say whatever. Goofus is an alien that kidnaps you and sticks a probe in your anus uh-huh. and then drops you off where no one believes you. Okay. Gallant is an alien who simply just infiltrates your government system and tries to take over from within. Great. Yeah. Much more savvy. <laughs> I thought you were going to go with Gallant buys you dinner first. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Gentlemen. Uh, Ryan. Uh, uh, Goofus um, uh, mm. <laughs> Let's see. Goofus uh, manipulates uh, uh, the stock exchange to uh, basically bolster his his uh, uh, current uh, uh, holdings to uh, enrich himself and his friends. Great. Uh, Gallant um, buys you dinner first. I don't. <laughs> 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 I really didn't think through my end game there. <laughs> I'm very happy with that. Uh, uh, great job. Uh, Shannon, I'm going to give you two points. And Ryan, I'm going to give you a point and a half. Uh, I really, yeah, I, I really I don't like know. that. I like that. Yeah. That might become my permanent gallant. Why did you do it first? Just... Uh, our yes. standards are, yeah I mean it's a good standard like, I, geez, come on like yeah just let me know it's in the name it's in the name um, 
I feel like he who shan't be named uh-huh. would get a lot more mileage if, you know, in that in that Austin barbecue place even, if he was yeah. just like, this one's on me, but I'm going to scream at you the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> See, that would have made a lot... I, totally. Because then people are filming and they're like, well, hey, say what you will about him, but he He's bought paying. his barbecue. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but these this ribs. <laughs> pretty good. They do taste like deep steak. Um, yeah, I'm such a cock. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so there's two left. Shannon, one or two? Uh, oh, no, Ryan, one oh, or that's two. True. That's true. Let's go with five. One. You can say five. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go with one. Number one. Well, you have a vague idea about the Manchurian candidate. I do. Great. Shannon, Manchurian candidate? Yeah, vague. Okay. Ryan, uh, talk about it. It was a Frank Sinatra conspiracy thriller yeah. uh, from, I think, I think it was the 60s. It might have been the 70s. Uh, where he is a soldier who's brainwashed to kill a, uh, a senator. Uh, but it's it's basically like, uh, I mean, like heavy drug, you know, brainwash. He doesn't even remember. And it's just a, a very, like, subliminal message where when he sees this guy, he's going to gonna walk up and shoot him. And uh, Frank Sinatra kind of hated the movie, apparently, and did his best to bury it. Even wow. though most people liked it. And it mm-hmm. was kind of a, a cult classic for a long time, even though it was really hard to find. And after he died, it w- became more readily available. And, and it's kind of celebrated today. And then they remade it in the late 90s with Denzel Washington. Yep. And it was fine. Yeah. But wasn't that good? Good. Good. Great job. Shannon? Yeah, I don't have anything to add to that. Okay. Yeah, it's a 1962, uh, so it's based on a book. Uh, the film is a 1962 suspense thriller about Cold War and sleeper agents, directed by John Frankenheimer. Uh, you have Frank Sinatra, Lawrence Harvey, and Janet Lee, with a particularly compelling acting turn by Angela Lansbury, a murder Ooh. she wrote, as kind of the villain of the piece. Like she, I think she's like the, the controller, uh... Handler. Handler. Yeah. yeah. That would be the handler. Yeah. It means something different these days. The Frank Wrangler. Frank Wrangler. <laughs> Somebody's got to wrangle that Frank. He was a handful. Was, you know, he, he, he towed this cart in from across the state into town on the set. So somebody's got to wrangle that Frank. It's always uh, going down to that Tin Pan Alley. So during the Korean War, the Soviets and Chinese capture a U.S. Army platoon and take it to Manchuria in communist China. Three days later, Staff Sergeant Raymond Shaw, played by Lawrence Hardy, and Captain Bennett Marco, played by Sinatra, managed to return to UN lines. Upon recommendation of the platoon's, uh, platoon's commander, Marco uh, and Shaw are awarded the Medal of Honor for saving lives in combat. Shaw returns to the States uh, to a hero's welcome, where he's exploited by his mother, Eleanor Islin, played by Angela Lansbury. It's great. It's great stuff. And yeah, uh, I think it's it's been parodied dozens upon dozens of times at yeah. this point. Like, pretty much any time that you can take a uh, brainwashing thing. There's a Star mm-hmm. Trek The Next Generation episode where the Romulans uh, brainwash Geordi. That's right. To yeah. somewhat hilarious effect. Yeah, that's a rough <laughs> episode, if I recall correctly. It's not great. Most Geordi episodes are... Pretty rocky. Yeah, because yeah. he really just wants to have sex with the computer the whole time. It's, it's, and you can yeah. see that in the character. It's and that's kind of, nothing against LeVar Burton. No. It's just Jordy LaForge. It's just complicated. <laughs> he's, he's a creep. Yeah, yeah. If, if anything, like, the, any decency in Jordy 
is brought by LeVar Burton. Oh, yeah. Whereas the writer's room obviously used him as the insert character, and those people are messed up. No. Like, wait, wait, that's some, <laughs> some id leaking through in that character. It was, yeah, so he's going to, like, be obsessed with this uh, lady uh, scientist engineer, and he's going to make a computer program of her on the holodeck, and he's going to fall in love with that. But then he's going to meet the real lady, and then she's going to find these weird, like, you know, tapes that he's got. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, what, what did I see the other day? Like, clear your browser history, Jordy. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> and then, even creepier, like, in, in the episode where they, they jump forward at the end of the series, he's married to her. Don't give this a happy Oh, ending. yeah. No. <laughs> I forgot about that. It's so weird, too, because she's, like, in a relationship. Yeah, she's married. And that's how they leave things, is like, hey, I'm married, and so this is never going to happen. Yeah. And then to give him kind of that, unru- like, give him more of an arc. I don't know. Yeah. It, it was old television, though, before yeah. they really gave all characters arcs. Yeah. That's so, you know, you can't blame them too much. No. Uh, great job. So, Ryan, I'm giving you a point. Shannon, I'm giving you zero points. Fair. Uh, but, Shannon, you get to pick the last topic. Oh, or the first one. I'll take the last one. Great. Well, do you have a big idea about the grassy knoll? Oh, I do. Great. Ryan, also, grassy knoll? Also do. All right, Shannon, talk about that knoll. Uh, Not a knoll. Oh. Damn it, you beat me to it. You beat me to it. <laughs> Shit. Um, Shit. <laughs> now i got to think of something else. <laughs> it's not my weed period in high school. No, i got to. <laughs> um, when John F. Kennedy was shot in Dallas... By the guy in the uh-huh. book depository whose name G. I forgot. Gregory <laughs> or Oliver North. Um, a lot of people thought really that he really would not believe either of those. Two. <laughs> I know. Seems entirely probable given, given all of history. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people thought that he didn't do it, and that there must have been a second shooter that was hidden on the grassy knoll near the route that the car took. Yeah. Great. Mm-hmm. Okay. I feel like right. I've been very succinct tonight. Yeah, no. Everybody's been very succinct. It's perfect. And we're still having a blast. Yeah, it's good. Uh, I knew the guy's name up until we started joking about it, and now it's just gone. It's gone. It's like, shit. John Wilkes Booth. Booth. No, that's, that's Lincoln. Oh. That was the joke. But. I'm surprised you didn't do the conspiracy, though, where JFK and Lincoln have, like, all this weird stuff yeah. in common. Oh, because the they have the same sex. Like, Lincoln's secretary's name was Kennedy, uh-huh. and Kennedy's secretary's name was Lincoln. And uh-huh. one of them was shot by an actor who hid... In a barn. In, in a barn. Barn. And oh, the no, other it's... one was a barn that. It <laughs> <laughs> was a barn that hid in an actor. <laughs> Which I mean, it was really weird when they arrested him. Oh, well, he... that's what it was. He was uh, he, he he was arrested in the theater. Yeah, that's right. That's so right. So he started in a warehouse. Book depository. He started in a warehouse and was arrested in the theater. Barn of sorts. And then the other one started in the theater and was arrested in a warehouse. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's so creepy how close they are. It's bizarre. <laughs> it's a conspiracy. Lizard people, they orchestrated the whole thing. Uh, <laughs> They're very clever. They have a lot of inside <laughs> jokes, these lizard people. Uh, they think it, there was another shooter because, like, the amount of times that um, uh, both Kennedy and the uh, the senator from Texas, or the I think it was the governor of Texas, was shot was just 
uh, like absurd for the amount of time that the shooting happened right. and the type of rifle that he was using and the angles in which the magic were... bullet exactly. conversation exactly. sure uh-huh. so uh-huh. up and to the left up, up and to the, the left, left. <laughs> back back, back. back. <laughs> that's it that's all i remember from that mo- the, from the jfk the oliver stone movie is kevin costner kevin doing Costner's that over and like over again 45 minutes of kevin costner doing that in that movie in what is a nine and a half hour long movie oh my god <laughs> That, that basically lays uh, uh, Kennedy's assassination at the feet of the gays. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. So really, <laughs> Oliver Stone, JFK would, you would think it was John Fitzgerald Kennedy, but it actually stands for just fucking kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, a homosexual conspiracy against... That's who did it. Hurt. Uh-huh. Thank, thanks, Oliver. Because they would hate a progressive president <laughs> and his brother. <laughs> Um, I, I cannot, uh, oh my god, I cannot remember this man's name. It's, it's, it's maddening, and it's, 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 I'm pretty sure it's three names. It's Lee three Harvey names. Oswald. You got it. Very good. I was Thank like, you. it's three names, because that's one of the other weird coincidences. Yeah, yeah. Lee Harvey Oswald Cobblepot. Thank you. That would be good Halloween that there costume. Had to... yeah. Dress oh. up like a penguin, but with a rifle, with rifle. and come and go and have your significant other and... <laughs> in the pink Chanel suit with guts all over her. <laughs> well, it, it, explains, yeah. it explains why the grassy knoll had to be there because you're never pulling the trigger with those flippers in your hands. <laughs> Little paddle hands. It's rough. <laughs> the Cubans didn't teach me to do this. <laughs> well, you, like, it's really tough to look down sights with a monocle, you know, because you're already like kind of squinting to get it in there. It just it throws everything off. It's terrible. Great. Well done. We had fun. Good times. So, Ryan, I'm going to give you two points because you remembered Lee Harvey Oswald's name, and Shannon, I'm giving you a point and a half. Um, So, uh, talk amongst yourselves for a moment. That was almost humiliating. (laughs) I couldn't remember. I was like, he was shot by that guy? Dude, yeah. That guy that's. There's a picture of him, and he's standing with a gun. That guy. White guy. You know, the, the one's responsible for most shootings. Yeah, you know, the, 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 yeah. Thin white guy. Uh, yeah, it, it was Oliver North was fucking me up because of o- Oswald Oliver. <laughs> and then we throw in the director of JFK in there, and it's just like, this is all O names. It's, they're all the same name. I was also expecting uh, the when you did Paul is Dead, uh-huh. I thought maybe you would have also done uh, Avril Lavigne has oh. died and been replaced. Really? I look like. Oh my god. Is that possible? Oh. <laughs> I thought she had Lyme disease or something. Does she just have Lyme disease? <laughs> I think, that, I that, think she might. She, I thought. I thought that was Kathleen Hanna. I don't know. I thought Lots it was the girl, from, uh, the girl from the real, the real world, world Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, boy, this is a real that. epidemic. Like, <laughs> that's the conspiracy. It's just everybody has Lyme disease yep. and nobody's talking about it. Yolanda Hadid. Wow. Gigi and Bella's mom. Whoa. That was a real housewife. I want to see that conspiracy movie. We're like Jeff Bridges, but not Jeff Bridges now. Jeff Bridges from the 70s is like running around in a panic, just like, everybody's got Lyme disease and you're trying to bury the story <laughs> in a world. <laughs> <laughs> 
and the, the lizard people are working with the tick people. And that's why the Lyme disease is spreading. Right. Just shows all these bankers laughing and just squeezing lives. Because <laughs> it's a hint, man. This is how conspiracies work. They well, they're sort of... sunning themselves on rocks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> In a movie that RogerEbert.com said a fundamental misunderstanding of Lyme disease. <laughs> um, Alright, I've got the final scores tallied. Uh, Ryan, you have won with 19 and a half points. Shannon, you had 19. It was super close. Wow. Um, it really did come down to knowing Lee Harvey Oswald's name. Wow. <laughs> okay. Which, you know, okay. hey, good, good for, I guess, his <laughs> next of kin. In this moment, my... Basic, like, very rudimentary like, grasp. Like, the, the, the most famous killer that, like, every kid knows of from, like, sixth grade on. And yeah. we both blanked it's on just it. like, uh... But we know it. We know it. It's just, it's just in there. And it's behind John Wilkes Booth and Lincoln's secretary and Kennedy's secretary. And... Well, I read a whole book about it, that Don DeLillo book. Oh, yeah. And I was uh-huh. just like, his name's, uh, Libra? Fuck. <laughs> right. So, so Ryan, uh, take a victory lap. Talk about uh, anything you'd like to plug. Do you have any shows coming up? Uh, Keeping in mind that this will post in like three weeks. Three weeks. Uh, I think I got a show. The latest I think I got is the 20... People are going to think the tape just died. <laughs> <laughs> I know I got a show. Oh, okay, the 27th. The 27th uh, yeah, of April. I'm uh, co-headlining a show on Foco MX with Sarah Benson. So Great. If you already have a pass to Foco MX, you can come to the thing. Otherwise, I, I'm sorry. You can't. You That's... can't even come. So if you slept on it, you've already fucked up. Exactly. Guys, come on. <laughs> Jesus. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, Ryan. Shannon, what do you want to play? Can you add in a door slamming? Oh, yeah. <laughs> just like you a just storm slam. Just slam it. Okay, there we, yeah. <laughs> there we go. I'd like to plug realistic sound effects. Yeah. Uh, good Foley work. No. <laughs> Great. Thanks, uh, Dave Foley. <laughs> for all his tireless efforts. <laughs> Uh, from Cut It Out to The Courage Hangy Ball to a Woodchuck. Yeah. No, no, that's not Dave Foley. No. That's the other one. That's Dave Coulier. Dave Coulier. Yeah. Damn it. I just, just, there's, there's Dave Foley did funny stuff. Dave Foley was a Kid in the Hall, wasn't mm-hmm. he? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and the whole time he was doing Kids in the Hall and News Radio, he was also adding sound effects to every film and TV show. So oh, it's like it's amazing. Yeah. It's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> you want to know who makes the Spider Man uh, shooting his web out noise? Dave Foley. It takes some tries, but he gets it every time. Originally, uh, it was just a guy going, Foop. <laughs> hey, look, it's Spider Man. Foop. 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 I just foop. want some Teamster guy like holding a microphone, boom, just like he's the guy that they cue off of for the sound effects. And yeah, he's just like, Foop. <laughs> Ah, my 15th's coming up. <laughs> Boop. Um, <laughs> great. <laughs> uh, listeners, thank you so much for, for joining us on another episode. Please uh, go to Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. Rate and review us. Uh, you can still leave a five-star review with only the body text of poop, which Mark left. 
uh, <laughs> one for us, but he's already been on the show. Okay, okay. So if you leave that review of poop, you can be on this program with us right here, having the kind of fun we've had. I also got to say, like it, the next part here, when you add in your your voiceover, you have total Sam Harris voice, and I always expect you to like start besmirching the Muslims. Oh uh, God! Oh no! Because you, I have Sam Harris voice when I do my when you do like this podcast. Exactly. Oh like, man, it has that very measured kind of tone. Yeah, where it kind of goes up at the very end, and uh, you can you can like and subscribe here. <laughs> it's very Sam Harris. <laughs> So I get uh, I got too M- NPRy when I did the when I did that. It sounds professional. I don't want to I don't want to make you, oh, no. you know you know self conscious about it. Just it's so everybody knows, I just want I'm to... not evil yeah. and I don't I don't disparage anybody I... except for people who are shitty. Which I mean they walk in all skins and religions and such. Yeah. They're everywhere. The T-shirt you're wearing says "Friend of Islam." It does. <laughs> It says storm. I had to check. It's a picture check. of storm on it. <laughs> the, 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 like the, an the, 80s version of the X-Men. I like it. Yeah, it's kind of Duran Duran storm shirt. It's very um, cool. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. <laughs> uh, you can also follow us on social media at uh, A Vague Idea Pod on Twitter and at A Vague Idea Podcast on Instagram. And we'll try to keep presenting goofy, weird, uh, public domain-y things that I can Photoshop quickly to uh, make it exciting to look at, I guess. Because that's what Instagram's about. Sometime it'll be a story, I guess, maybe, too. I don't know. We'll do a video where okay. we'll be like, hey, you should listen to the show. Is that the video? Yeah. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. <laughs> this has been a big idea. <laughs> See you later. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> A Vague Idea is written and produced by me, Nate Regolia, with Shannon Page and John Peros. If you like this podcast and you like anime, you should check out my podcast with Sean Grolkowski called You Better Believe This. That's found at moleholeradio.com. If you like science fiction books, you should check out the press that Sean and I started. It's called Spaceboy Books, and you can find us at readspaceboy.com. 